It's National Poetry Month, and I am with Catherine Coles. We're Zooming a conversation for you all, and I'm really pleased. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be here. Happy Poetry Month. And there is a poetry festival going on this very weekend, and you're one of the keynotes. I am. The festival starts on Friday evening at 7 p.m., and I will be reading with uh, Anna Scotti um, and having a conversation moderated by the inimitable Lisa Bicor. And then there are panels and readings and discussions all day long on Saturday. There's a, another great keynote on Saturday night with Natasha Saye and I should have this in front of me, but I don't. Maybe you can fill that in. And then um, a fantastic set of panels again on Sunday, including a panel on poetry and spirituality. There are all kinds of subject matters. And I would really recommend, especially Saturday for teachers, because they have lots and lots of panels and discussions about how to teach poetry and bring it into the classroom. Well, and that's the beauty of the Utah Poetry Festival. Paisley Rechtal involved in this, our poet laureate. Paisley Rechtal, our, our wonderful poet laureate, who is, this is her brainchild, and she runs it with the help of Lisa and a whole bunch of other really fantastic volunteers. It's happening online in the virtual space, given what we're all going yeah. through in this world. And I understand that you've even figured out a way to do closed captioning, and you just have to register. It doesn't cost you anything. Right. Just register for the sessions. Yeah, you just hop online, you can see the whole schedule, you click on the event you want, you get yourself registered, the closed captioning is great, and you shouldn't give me credit for the organizing of any of this, <laughs> I, I'm just along for the ride, but I'm very yeah. delighted with the program. Well, thanks for giving us some time, I was hoping we could get some poetry from you. What do you want Why? to share? Um, well, since it is not only Poetry Month, but also Earth Day Month, can we have an Earth Day month? Yes. Um, and the conjunction of these two events means that every poet in the country is running around madly, um, boomeranging between uh, nature and poetry and sometimes collapsing the two of those together. So maybe I'll start off with, uh, with a nature poem. Let's do it. What's this one called? It is called You Won't Find Consolation. You Won't Find Consolation or the deer, nearly colorblind, see blue better than we do, more blue than we know. A blue I am not consoled lives beyond me. Imagine their sky, saturated, how do they bear it? And the alpine lake where they drink in summer, glacier fed, reflecting back it all back. Plus, consider the glacier, blue at heart, deep frozen for millennia, blew its core and vanishing in your lifetime. A rush, a trickle, this is how it goes. Around the lake, boulders harden themselves, green firs, and there, a perfect center, the lake's clear, unreadable eye. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thanks. This was actually Paisley, speaking of wonderful Paisley, um, chose this poem to be one of the Poma Day programs that Poets.org did. So it's up also on their website. Wonderful. Be sure to include links. It made me think of uh, a little animation I saw, I think probably the New York Times, Washington Post, and it was of a glacier and kind of this time lapse of it disappearing. So you could actually 
visually experience that. But then you go to the poetic and it's just a gut punch with what's going on. And so it's an interesting time to have a poetry festival given our current um, climate change challenges, but also Earth Day this month. And you just bring it all together. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, you're very welcome. So one of the things that I would say about um, receding ice is, you know that I was in Antarctica about 10 years yeah. ago. And uh, I was at Palmer Station. And um, there was a place on the other side of the island from the station. You could hike across the glacier and get to it. And the year I was there, which was the astral summer, which is our winter, um, was the first time in human knowledge that the ice had ever melted enough that the ground was visible at this one place on the island. It's, you know, so everything is related. And, and you know, speaking of environmental poetry or nature poetry, I just got, I'm involved in this Artivism for Earth event that we'll talk about in a minute, but partly as a result of that, I, just, I got an invitation which I'm going to accept if you're listening um, from a graduate student in, in music who wants me to be on his PhD committee. And he said, it's because he wants someone who is um, involved in activism and an environmental poet. And the, the thing that I'm gonna have to say is I don't actually think of myself as an environmental poet. Um, I, I'm happy for other people to call me that, but I just write about perception and the world that I see and I happen to be writing in a context in which the world that I see apparently is this world of loss. Well, the Sustainability Office at the University of Utah and others are getting together for Artivism for Earth on Earth Day, Thursday, 1 p.m. Mountain. What's going to be happening there? And give us a taste. Um, just a ton of stuff. There will be panels where, um, so the great thing about this project, which was initiated, it's the brainchild of Hasibora, who is a composer at the University of Utah. And he brought together a whole bunch of artists, a lot of composers, musicians, poets, um, sculptors, and visual artists, not only from the U, but from around the country, and also scientists, physicians people who study air quality, right? So this group of people all coming together um, to think about if we could put something together that would move people, what might that look like? Um, and the event I'm going to say that I'm the most excited about is the one o'clock event, which is featuring collaborations by student artists, composers, poets, um, and a couple of my students, several of my students are involved in this really brilliant poets. And I think that the young composers and artists are also terrific. And I can't wait to see what they have come up with. Yeah, it's a next gen artivism. You can witness students multimedia and multisensory project arranged under the elements of water, earth, fire, and air. I'm guessing that makes Makes your heart uh, a little fuzzy right there. It gives me the pitter-patters. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the rising tide at 2 p.m. This is on Earth Day. The Crossroads Project, a cinematic performance that fuses science, imagery, music, and an exploration of nature, humanity, and the paths that lie before us. Featuring Utah State University physicist Dr. Robert Davies and the Fry Street Quartet. Just one of the many offerings for this great event, Artivism for Earth on Earth Day. We'll put a link in the show notes, folks, so do check that out. But 
I got to get one more from you. And I know we're going to have you back to talk about your book that's coming out, The Stranger I Become, on walking, looking, and writing. And as you were saying earlier, you really write about your perceptions of the world and the intersections really come together in your poetry. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, I think we could go with, uh, do we have time for two really short little nature poems? Are you kidding um, me? You're going to let me have two? Absolutely. Yeah, I can have two. Let me make sure that I do have two keyed up, as I believe I do from this morning. Yeah. But, you know, I was a little groggy when I was putting this together. So um, my one of my favorite creatures is um, the bee. Or I should say the bees, because there are a lot of different kinds of bees. And so I'm going to read you two bee poems. Uh, and the first one is about a bee that most people have probably never noticed, which is a desert burrowing bee. And this is called Zzz. She doesn't want to harm me, so she hums. She prefers living alone needing a single twig, just one hole. Like me, she likes browsing the desert, where a breeze wafts her dry, where she dozes on sand and ephemerals astonished by the thousands, brilliant and willing, when the brief rains wake them. Out here, a female can do it all on her own, time and will and goes on choosing, sounding herself entire, one bare horizon to another. Oh, wow. I, th- that was fantastic. And I, um, the bees, this bee is my new feminist hero. Uh, this bee, well, and I was going to say, speaking of politics, right, and all of the, the places that a poem will lead you. So um, it took a while before I... Um, accepted the label feminist poet. And then I finally thought, well, I'm a feminist and I'm a poet. And how are those things, how is this be not going to become someone who can do it all on her own uh, and on all, all on her own time, right? As we, as we go. And this second poem, which is just called Be, these very simple title, titles is actually spoken in the first person by the bee, not by the lover of the bee. Be. All summer I buzz, I depart and return. My body knows where dandelions release their nectar and later marjoram. Who are you to tell me what memory is, what's to come? I carry desire in my legs, pockets aglow. I dwell not upon the future, but in it. All my going and coming prepares the world to slow. Soon, the ceiling of the hive. Then, settling, my body will rev its furnace. Then, winter. As we're coming out of winter into, hopefully, a renewed sense of hope in the coming spring and summer, I'm curious with bees as as the subject of these two poems, do you plant a garden? Do you invite bees into your balcony or your backyard? So we plant a wilderness. Um, we live right on the edge of City Creek Canyon, and we let the native plants come all the way up below the house. We're kind of at the top of the ridge. And then where from the house up to the street, we take a little bit more control, but we actually plant four bees 
four birds, four hummingbirds, um, whatever. Uh, my, my partner, Chris, went really big into rhododendrons for a while, which is a little bit crazy in Utah. And it turns out that the deer love them. So we have the rhododendrons for the deer. Um, we have moose who regularly strip the bark from our aspen trees. We have a doe who has her fawns uh, in that little gully next to the carport complex. So we have this whole, and uh, Chris is about to um, put out the mason bee houses that we keep for the native pollinators, uh, which are not the honeybees, but those other kinds. Well, where can folks catch up with you and your forthcoming book, The Stranger I Become? So The Stranger I Become, the official publication date is June 10th, but you can actually pre-order that book from the King's English if you just hop online. Uh, they've got it on your website. You can hit pre-order and they will let you know when they have copies in stock. And the King's English is doing the launch, of course, on Zoom, like everything, on June the 3rd at 6 p.m. And my favorite thing about this is I'm actually going to be reading with the Catherine Coles for whom I am the other Catherine Coles, who was my student when she was both an undergraduate and a graduate student here at the University of Utah. She had a book come out a year ago and had to cancel her whole tour. So when I was setting the reading for this one, I thought, you know, we should make this a bookend reading where we launch Catherine's book online at the same time. Well, that is fantastic. And so good to see you again and to hear that you are doing well and that Artivism for Earth is something you're involved in this coming Thursday for Earth Day. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. It's always great to see you.